Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Okay, so it looks like we're live and that's just uh, great. Everything's working the way it's supposed to be. And so we're live on Facebook right now. And later on today, on Friday, June 3rd, we will be on uh, all of our podcast channels, including Pandora and Google Play and iTunes, um, Podbean, all of the many channels that we're on. And so you can uh, look forward to hearing us there as well. But for those of you who are joining us on Facebook, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show for June 3rd. Uh, really happy to have uh, the Charlie Pierce for Governor campaign that is sponsoring this show. He is our, he's our sponsor. We really do appreciate you, Charlie, and your team for sponsoring the Must, Must Read Alaska show and for supporting conservative journalism around Alaska so that we can get this, uh, this message out to everybody. And so, so today, you know, beautiful day here in South Central Alaska and a huge newsletter this morning. If you didn't uh, pick up the morning newsletter in your inbox, well, go to the top of the page at mustreadalaska.com and click on the little newsletter link and get your name in there. We recently switched newsletter providers. And so in doing so, I think I've lost about a thousand subscribers. And every day somebody contacts me and says, I haven't seen the newsletter since, oh, you know, January or February. That's about the time we switched and lost about a thousand subscribers. And that was a really odd event that happened with um, MailChimp and their uh, artificial intelligence, which decided that they didn't like the way we reported on COVID. So they decided to cancel us as a customer. That was cancel culture. But um, it, I'll be posting that as well on our website. Um, that, you know, the newsletter goes on our website about two times a week. And so check that out. But if you want it in your inbox, go to the top of the page there and, and um, check on. And today we have a really fantastic guest with us. I really don't want to waste any more time. I want to welcome Nick Begich to the show. Nick Begich, who is running for U.S. House for the state of Alaska. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you. Great to be back. Yeah. And I can't even remember the last time you were with us on the show. I think it was last year. It was quite a long time ago when you were on the show with us last time. You were the only other candidate really filed in the race for for U.S. House, and now things have gotten really, really crowded. You were the co-chair of the last Don Young campaign cycle, and now you're a candidate for this seat. And uh, this has just been a, a campaign of twists and turns. And we've had some of the other candidates on our show. We had Jeff Lowenfels, we had Tara Sweeney. We've had some of the other ones as well. Santa Claus, I think, joined us. Uh, we're really happy to have you back because you have been in it since October. You kind of figured out way back then that maybe Don Young, needed, maybe we needed to have an alternative because he was not getting any younger, right? Well, that's true. And I have been in the race for coming up on nine months now. At this point, um, I've been in the race longer than any of the other candidates. Um, you know, and I think I think when we consider, uh, you know, the, the candidates that are out there, and there are 48 candidates, I don't think Alaskans have had more choice in, at any point in our history in an election than this one. But we also need to look at, you know, why is someone in the race? 
why did they choose to get in the race? And so many of these candidates, uh, you know, opportunistically got involved in the race only after the passing of Don Young. And, uh, you know, I think that that's a, a factor that voters need to, to consider as they're heading to uh, to cast their ballot. Oh, well, and that's a really good point. So you you jumped in uh, because you really felt you had some policy differences between you and Don Young. And I believe that you also realized that at 89 years old, he was just getting really uh, there were some physical ailments and he was starting to break down. And it was a, it was a big job to be going back and forth to Alaska and of course, he died on March 18th, which shocked all of us because I don't know, for, for all of us, he's been the only congressman we've ever really known. And so let's talk a little bit about uh, where you've been the past. I just really want to go back a couple of weeks because we can't, we don't have time to go back the whole nine months with you. Right, sure. Um, yeah. and, and I know that things got really kind of crazy around April 1 when everybody jumped in and you're like going, yeah, well, welcome to the party, everybody. But but let's go back the past 10 days and talk about where you've been. Just recount with us. I, I looked at your FEC reports, and one of the things that stood out was you've been buying a lot of Alaska Airlines tickets, and you've been traveling all over the state. I, it's, it's very obvious that you're spending your money to travel around to communities. What's going on? Well, so I think that's it's very important. If you're going to represent the state of Alaska, you've got to make sure that you meet the people of Alaska where they are. And that's been a central tenet of our campaign since since we started almost nine months ago. I mean, I've been out in Valdez, Glen Allen, Homer, Kachemak, Voznesenka, Juno, Haynes, you know, you name it, Kenai, Soldatna, uh, certainly Anchorage. And, uh, you know, we were just in Wasilla, in fact, last night, uh, at a at a combined district meeting, 25-26, and se- several other districts had representation there at the district meeting. And there were at least 60 people there, all very interested in the race, many of the people I knew, but, but, a, lot of, but a lot of new folks as well. And so um, we continue to see rising levels of interest in the race. Um, right now, I think we're running at about 19% total turnout recorded by the Division of Elections. But uh, I think Alaskans are, are, are going to continue to turn out as we head to the final uh, day to cast our ballots. But that's been the tenet. You know, we go out and we meet people where they are. Uh, we don't shy away from holding events. Uh, you know, there's other candidates in this race. Maybe, you know, like a Sarah Palin's done, I think, four events so far. In some days, we'll do four events in a single day. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're, we're not going to stop. We haven't had uh, any days off since we started, and we're not going to take any days off. Wow, you guys are a hard-charging group. So you've been to Valdez, you said, Homer, I take a notes here, Petersburg, uh, Kodiak, Juno, Wasilla. Yeah, Haynes, Mosesenka, Kenai, and Soldano. I mean, it's just everywhere. And I'll tell you what, Kodiak, for for those uh, who haven't had the opportunity to go, the Crab Festival down there is a blast. Yeah, well, uh, it did help that it was not raining because Kodiak is a rainy environment. It was perfect weather, perfect weather. Yeah, yeah you, you nailed it in terms of the weather. That was a that was a Chamber of Commerce day. I mean, I saw the pictures of everybody down there and I was quite jealous, but there were a lot of people in Kodiak. Oh my goodness, there's so many. And you know, that's the largest, uh, it's the largest Coast Guard base in the country in, in Kodiak. And so we've got people, we've got people that have been there for generations. We've got people that have been there that, that just showed up, right? And so you meet a, a whole lot of folks from around the country. People come up for the festival. Um, but it was a great mix of people, uh, a lot of conservatives out there and, um, you know, people that are just enjoying aspects of the state that unfortunately, uh, a lot of Alaskans never get to see. 
Right. And, you know, I, I will admit to you that I haven't been to Kodiak since I was probably 22. And so that's a couple of generations ago. It's quite a long time ago for me. And I'm sure it hasn't changed all that much. But when I was there, I remember that it was just rainy and dank and cold and the wind blew all the time. But when the pictures, the pictures I saw, oh, man, that was some nice weather you guys had. Everybody's in their T-shirts and their shorts and they were having a good time. All right. Well, so when you're out and about and you're in these communities and you're talking to people and you're you're trying to explain uh, you know, a little bit about your history and who you are and why people should vote for you, what you plan to do. What are you hearing from Alaskans? Because obviously you're also not just talking, you're listening. And I'd like That's to right. know what Alaskans are talking about. Well, it's a mix of national and local issues. Uh, you know, there's there's still a lot of conversation around the PFD. There's conversation around uh, development within the state of Alaska and continued prosperity within the state of Alaska. Uh, among some of the younger folks, let's say folks under under the age of 40, you know, there's there's always a voiced concern around, you know, is Alaska going to continue to produce opportunities for me and my family? And that seems to be a recurring theme with folks. Um, you know, there's a lot of concerns around what's happening in our schools and what's happening uh, with respect to the state's educational outcomes expressed all kinds of different ways. But parents uh, have uh, valid concerns and express those concerns regularly on the campaign trail regarding what's being taught in schools, you know, and the quality of our education in the state of Alaska. Is anybody talking out there about uh, the cost of living? Um, the oh, Absolutely. Particularly uh, when I was when I was in Kodiak, I heard a lot about that. You know, um, in coastal Alaska, in in the more rural parts of Alaska that we've traveled to, that's that's an even greater concern among folks. And uh, you know, everything from the gas prices to the food prices to the cost of housing, and um, and even among business owners, the availability of labor uh, to kind of keep up with all all the demand out there. You know, it's it's been a real issue. Um, particularly among small business, to be able to hold prices where they are and eat some of the, some of the prices that they're experiencing on the producer side. And so uh, it's, a, it's a big concern that people express everywhere we go all over the state. What are we going to do about inflation? Why do we have inflation? What, what uh, steps can we start taking now and over the long term to make sure that we've got stable, um, stable pricing? You know, one of the interesting things about this if you're if you're a saver, you're punished due to inflation. If you are a retiree on fixed income, you're punished due to inflation because your money's worth less. And yeah. and folks uh, folks who are no longer in in that part of their lives where they're working, they're very concerned about making sure that they can maintain their standard of living and even in some cases stay in Alaska. Right, and I'm and I'm hearing from several people in my generation, which is a generation or ahead of you there, that. Uh, they're they're going to postpone retirement because the value of their savings has declined significantly, and uh, that in their four hundred one k's, and because the value of their even their social security dollar just isn't going to stretch as far. Their rents are going up. The cost of gasoline is going up. I just saw in California where they have high taxation, so it's a little bit higher there, eight dollars a gallon. But it's way over five. It's not even close to five dollars now. It's way over five, like five five forty here now in Anchorage, and it's probably more expensive. And the, in the villages, it's going to be extremely high. The barges just got up the rivers with the new fuel, and that fuel is going to be, you know, 10 bucks a gallon or more, probably up or to more. 16, right, yeah. for some some places. And uh, so we're, we're looking at what could be some really 
existential choices for Alaskans. And so talk to us a little bit about monetary policy and what's going on uh, with the, uh, the, just the printing of our money and how the Biden administration is addressing inflation in the country, because it's not just about baby food. It's, it's everything now. Yeah, it's, it's across all categories. Um, you know, what's, what's interesting now economically is we're starting to see what they call demand destruction. And so people are literally making different choices in their life about, you know, priorities, right? And uh, they're saying, look, I've, I've got to decide between, in some cases, it's as simple as, am I going to take a vacation in this place or another place, or am I going to take one at all? For other people, it's, do I buy new shoes for my son or daughter, or do we have dinner tonight? I mean, it's it's starting to get to be that kind of a discussion for many Alaskans. And, uh, you know, you look at, I just saw some information uh, come across the tape here about an hour ago. Uh, it turns out the gas prices are almost double today what they were when Biden stepped into office. And you, you ask the question, what's Biden and his administration doing about inflation? Not much, not much. In fact, many of the policies that they're advancing uh, successfully through the Congress and over to the president's desk only contribute to the inflationary environment that we have right now. When you look at some of the federal spending that's been going on, you can trace uh, inflation's root cause all the way back to uh, this, this spending policies, not just now, but if we're going to be honest, over the last three to four years. And um, what's happened is the government's been running extraordinary deficits. Uh, we, in the last four years, have added over $8 trillion to the national debt. And oftentimes we think that's financed by international uh, buyers of our debt, sometimes China, sometimes others. But in this particular case, that financing happened through the Federal Reserve. Well, when the Federal Reserve finances that kind of uh, deficit spending, they do so by creating money. And if you look at the Fed's uh, balance sheet, it's over $9 trillion right now. So they have dramatically increased uh, the size of the money supply because the Fed creates the money. They dramatically in increase the, the size of the money supply and you have all this cash that was created. In fact, 40% of the money that circulates in the economy today was printed in the last two or three years. All that cash circulating through the economy chasing the same number, uh, same supply of goods and services in the economy. So more cash, fixed number of goods and services, you're going to get inflation. It's obvious. And unfortunately, a lot of the members of Congress either don't understand that or are not all that concerned with it. Well, that's okay. Did I hear that right? That you, you're saying that 40% of the dollars that we have in circulation, the dollar in my wallet right now, 40% of those was printed when? In the last two to three years. And you can go out to the Fed's chart on this. Uh, if you look at the M1 and the M2 money supply charts out on the Fed, you'll see what I'm what I'm talking about. You don't have to take my word for it. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is, this is the sort of thing that um, it can get pretty dangerous. I mean, even... Even Elon Musk was out tweeting here uh, in the last month that if this continues, if this sort of policy thought process were to continue, you end up in a place like Zimbabwe or Venezuela um, where you start to you start to abuse the currency. And if you create a whole lot more of something, eventually the demand for it will fall off. And uh, and that's what we're seeing right now. You, you, in order to buy a good or a service, you've got to come up with more cash. Well, that, that brings me to sort of a little side of note on that, which is I was talking to somebody about some of the big ARPA 
the big CARES Act construction projects that are, are out there. I think it's ARPA construction projects that are being built out there. And they're coming in with uh, bids that are 50% higher than what was expected. And because A, things are hard, more expensive, but B, there is so much money. There's so much money out there that they know that they can bid these projects higher. And I think it's going to be a really interesting thing to see how this capitulates through throughout the economy. and. Um, and creates hardship. In, in the end, this kind of thing is poor policy and it creates hardship. So uh, hang on to your hats, everybody. I don't know uh, what you do when you're in Congress and you only one vote. Well, you know, you, we've got to replace those members one at a time, right? Yeah. You're right. You're only one vote, but you get enough of us down there in the Congress singing from the same book, you can make some different policies. And uh, yeah. what, what we see, though, what we see, though, from really, really the progressive left is this idea, hey, let's just fire out checks to everybody and everything will be fine. But the reality is, as we see through this inflation, this resulting inflation, that in fact, those policies hurt those that can afford it the least, the most. Yeah. Because it's those people on, on the edge that suffer the most during inflation. One of the interesting things that you've seen, and it's really, it's really sad and it's really tough, you see all of those great wage gains that we had uh, under the Trump administration, um, it's net negative now. If you look at the yeah. last 15, 16 months of real wages, that's wages after adjusting for inflation, yeah. people are going backwards. We're actually losing purchasing power over this last right. year and a half. And again, it goes back to the Biden administration that really has d declared war effectively on U.S. production, right? And, and U.S. And, production- In yeah. Alaska, especially Alaska. I mean, we look and we see that you, know, you, you, if you would like to get this economy turned around, let Alaska help, but they won't. They want to lock us up and, and go it alone and, I guess, depend on Russian fuel or something. Well, it's, it's extraordinarily hypocritical, too, when you consider, uh, you know, we hear over and over again in some of the national press and certainly from the Biden administration that we must transition to this new green economy and how wonderful it is. And yet we know that so many of these minerals and resources are being developed in jurisdictions that do not honor any sort of environmental norms around, um, around how you extract these resources and how you treat the environment. And oh, by the way, so many, oh, of, these, uh, juris so many of these jurisdictions, yes, they're using child labor, right? Yeah. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, they're using 12-year-olds to sift through dirt in rivers looking for that little nugget of cobalt so we can feel good about driving these electric vehicles. Well, that's just wrong. I don't care if you're on the left or the right, that's just wrong. And we need to be doing that work here in the state of Alaska and in, in our nation. And uh, we have all the resources to solve these problems for our country. And that's, that's one of the messages I wanna take on behalf of Alaskans down to DC is that we really are the answer to so many of our nation's problems right now. Oh, we are. I mean, we've, we've got it all. We've got the rare earth minerals. We've got the gold. We've got the copper. We've got the silver. You know, we've got uh, coal, which coal can be burned cleanly and often is. And, and uh, of course, we've got oil and gas. And uh, we've also there's nothing wrong with with expanding to wind power and uh, to solar power, to tidal power. But those things do take minerals to create as well. And uh, we, we do have the minerals to create them. Well, I, I know that we're going to run out of time here. I want to kind of look ahead a little bit. And thank you for talking to us today, by the way. I want to look ahead a little bit and say, what are you going to be doing the next few days? Because we have just like eight days left of this election. So where will you be? 
Well, I'm going to be uh, up in Fairbanks and uh, we're going to be having an event at a, at a private residence um, up in Stuck again this, this weekend here, uh, here on Saturday. We're going to be uh, having a large event on June 9th and people are welcome to attend. It's, uh, it's going to be at Keith Monternock's hangar uh, again, June 9th. I think that starts at 530. Um, we've been getting a ton of endorsements. Endorsements continue to roll in. That's been really, really humbling to see. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're not slowing down one bit. We're going we're gonna to work every single day, just like we have been working every single day for this last nine months and, uh, and continue to push through all the way through the general into the next primary, into the next general. So, well, yeah, uh, that, I mean, yeah. you, you guys are the energizers bunnies on your on your campaign. And then I know you've been really careful with your money. You've been you've been running a pretty lean campaign. But tell me, um, how's the fundraising front going? What's uh, what's going on? Because there's so many candidates. Doesn't that just sort of paralyze the fundraiser, the fundraising piece of it? For some, I think it, it probably does. But, you know, we've been really uh, excited and proud to have um to have so many Alaskans supporting our campaign. I mean, you look at you look at the donations that we received in this last reporting period, uh, about 90 percent, a little over 90 percent of our donations came from people who live in Alaska. And, you know, as an example, Sarah Palin, about 85 to 90 percent of her donations are coming in from out of state. Wow. Out of state. And uh, of the reported donations, my understanding is that she raised about twenty three thousand dollars from Alaskans. We raised nearly five times that. From Alaskans, yeah. and I think I think what Alaskans are saying is, look, uh, we support your campaign. We're engaged. We're excited, and we're looking forward to having a, a new, fresh voice in D.C. that's going to be able to actually advance the policies and priorities of Alaskans nationally. And I hope to do that on behalf of the people of Alaska. Well, I really, truly appreciate all the time you spent with us today here on the Must Read Alaska Show. You've done a, a really good job of sort of covering the arc of where you've been and what some of the topics are that people are asking you about. It's gas and groceries. Gas and groceries is what they really care about right now. And the, where you're going to be in the next few days. You said you're going up to Fairbanks. Say hi to my lady friends in Fairbanks. I love my Republican, my Republican women friends up there. Uh, before we go, I just want to thank you. Thank your, uh, your campaign for letting you uh, spend some time with us. And thank Charlie Pierce for governor for sponsoring our show. Charlie Pierce for Governor is the first sponsor of the Must Read Alaska show. We don't have a Mike Lindell with my pillow. We have a Charlie Pierce for Governor. We're so grateful to him for making sure this show can reach all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. And we will be back on Monday with more on the Must Read Alaska show. And until then, Nick Begich, good luck to you on the campaign trail. We'll see you somewhere in Alaska. And goodbye, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thank you.